0: Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from hosts and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical, or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational
1: therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuelo Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuelo Marshall, occupational therapist. Welcome to Finding a Foothold, a community of caregivers who've had caregiving challenges and have learned many lessons along the way. We know how you do things and having the right equipment and support can make caring for your loved ones easier and safer. Stay tuned. You hear from caregivers that call in and share challenges they face today And you hear tips from experienced caregivers as we work together to bring hope and improve how you give care. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of Finding a Foothold. I'm the host, Consuela. I really appreciate you tuning in today to this episode. And it is such a beautiful day. Here in Louisiana, it is beautiful weather. Winter is gone. I mean, green is everywhere it's so exciting this time of the year when everything is in bloom the trees are green the grass is green and things have just come back to life it is so much fun to finally get rid of all the gray and yucky and brown of winter and just seeing new life that just springs into being in the yard so I I better stop talking about outside and just jump into the podcast I'm just so excited to be able to come together and that you're here with me as we tackle the challenges that arise in the life of caregivers every day, everywhere. Caregiving is not the same for everyone. We have some people that are just new on the block. They have a lot to learn and they're having to jump in really quick and try to learn as much as they can very quickly. And we also have in the community seasoned caregivers because they've been at it a while and they are very knowledgeable about what to do. They're knowledgeable about it because they've done it. They have made the mistakes. They have learned the hard way and they found the easier way to do things. They are here willing to share that information with you all. And I love that about this community because we get to do that together. Always remembering that there is someone new entering into this caregiver arena every day. And it's just so exciting that this can be a tool that's available to them to help make the job easier. So I welcome anyone who's new and who's come aboard. And we just want you to jump right on in. So if you have a problem, ask the question. If you don't know how to do something, you just don't know. And we want to encourage you to have that comfort level to just call in and ask And I am finding quickly that some people don't want to call in. They are preferring to send an email. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Send in a written question or to write in your question. You can go to the contact page on the website, findingafoothold.com. And there is a section where you can send an email to me and I will read that question or your response in an upcoming podcast. But we still do have the call in, but then I do want to encourage anyone who's considering calling in, please do. There is no judgment here about a question that you're leaving or you even telling us what you've done in the past. And we can say, no, let's try it this way. We think this may be a better option for you. So, yeah, just just contact us because we're here to help. So now let's just jump into the topic of the day, and it is how to provide care When you are hurting because the whole point in this episode is we want you around. We want you to continue to do what you're doing while avoiding injury, re-injury or you're being forced to throw in the towel because you are no longer able to do the job. So we want, we just want to give you every option available. So if you're making a choice about whether or not you can hang in and continue the job of caregiving, directly caregiving, we want to have all the options there. And you know, there's always that choice of indirect caregiving, where you are not in the trenches doing it every day, but you're still a vital part of the caregiving process. And that's an important role too. And that's not a diminished role that if you take that route that you are a coward or given up. Sometimes it's the sensible route to take when you cannot do it directly that you still have a part to play in the caregiving of your spouse or your aging parents. So the first step that I want to talk about in how do you give care when you're hurting is, first of all, you've got to be aware of your own body. What is going on with you What's already wrong with you, even before you came into the caregiving role, is the question. If you already had issues in your body, please be aware of them and please take note of them that if if you had back pain, hip pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, you had limitations in your body before you assumed the role of caregiver, guess what? Those things did not go away. In fact, they are going to be intensified because... They were already present and causing pain. Now, add on to that the stress and the physical aspects of providing care. The tugging, the pulling, the lifting, the constant up and doing this and doing that, and the sleeplessness that can also come with caregiving. All of that compounds things. So, number one, if you are going to work and continue to do caregiving, while you're hurting, please be aware of the things that are already issues in your body. They're not going to get better on their own, but you have to be aware of them and respect those issues and those limitations that are there. Then we have the second step, bracing and support. Bracing and support means you have these weaknesses in your body because what was originally and naturally built into the structure of your body is no longer adequate. You're having back pain likely because, or it could be because the spinal column has shifted and you've got some bulging and you've got some things that the doctors already mentioned to you. You have muscles that have been torn. You have muscles that have been strained. So they're no longer able to provide that support in that region. And that can go for any place in the body. It can be the shoulder, the necks, the hands, the wrists with carpal tunnel. It can be knees and hips. Regardless of where your pain originates, bracing can help. Supporting that area can add that external stabilization that you do not get from the muscles and the ligaments and the alignment that is no longer there. So adding that outside support and your doctor or your therapist can steer you in the right direction. So don't ignore things and say, oh, this is the way it has to be because no, it may not. You Adding some external support can help to brace you so you can do the job that needs to be done. And then the next step of the support is exercise, finding a safe exercise that you can do that builds up your muscles around that weakened area, your muscles can provide that support that that area needs. So when we are not active enough, our muscles weakened and we tend to have pain in certain areas, you know, and starting an exercise program often can make things feel not so comfortable, but if you keep it up and you're doing it properly and you've got the right guidance, when the muscle strength improves, it can help alleviate some of those pains in those areas. And let's go on. The next one is to avoid repetitive movements. There are things that you're doing every day in the course of caregiving that have to be done. You're assisting them with transfers. You're assisting them with bed mobility, rolling them left and right, assisting them with feeding. There are a lot of things that have to be done that you're doing for your loved one. You want to make sure you're not doing the same thing over and over again that's causing a repeated trauma to those areas. You want to learn proper ways of doing things. Are you overreaching? Are you leaning while you're feeding them? Are you stretching out too far and you're getting a, a pain in your neck? You want to look at how you're doing things and reposition things so you can allow your body not to be in a stressed situation. Are they sliding down in bed and you're continuously having to pull them up? You know, you don't have to do that. There's things you can do with the bed that can help to keep them from sliding down. I mean, just a quick elevation in the footrest if they're in the hospital bed, just putting the foot of the bed up slightly, it keeps that downward slide of gravity that just pulls them down to the foot of the bed. If you can eliminate all that pulling and pulling, oh, they're sliding down again, let me do this. You know, don't keep doing the same thing and you're having pain in the same location in your body because you're doing something over and over again. If you can cut out a lot of those repetitive things that you're doing, whether it's repositioning them in a wheelchair because they're sliding down, there are ways to keep them positioned in the wheelchair. Can you have a lap belt? People call them seat belts. You like a seat belt added to the wheelchair that can keep them positioned. Once you get them positioned properly and you wanna keep them in that position, there are things that can be done. Make a list of the things that you're doing over and over and over again, and now you're starting to hurt. Every time I feed or every time I do this or every, I get so tired, I'm hurting when I do this. You know, you need to come up with a better way to do things. Take note of those activities that are causing you pain. And you want to modify them. And if you don't know how to do it, you find out how to do things better. You know, get some professional assistance in teaching you how to do things. You know, I'll stop right here and just say, visit the website. Look at the consult page on the website. Start with the free 15-minute consult where we get to talk about some things that can be done. There's a lot of things that can be done in a lot of unique situations depending on what's going on in your body, their body, their diagnosis, the setup of your environment. A lot of things come into play that can be modified that can result in you having the right setup that can alleviate some of these pains that you are experiencing. So we want to minimize some of the repetitiveness the repetitive activities. And the another thing is to explore equipment. What can you use if you're lifting and they are heavy? The unfortunate thing in America is that obesity is such an issue and you're trying to carry something and lift something and it is just too heavy. There are other ways to do things there are other devices, there are, there are lifts, there are sliding boards, there are techniques that can be taught that can make that load lighter. And I want you to just explore those things. Start looking, look on the internet. I mean, just start somewhere and then get professional advice. Ask questions about what you have researched and see if you can find a way to do things in the way of getting some type of a device or even hiring a person. If you know bathing is just, oh my gosh, it kills me. But you you don't need a caregiver 24 hours a day or you don't really need them for extended periods of time. Who can you hire that can just help with that one task that you're doing once a week or once a day or just something that can help to alleviate some of the stress and the pain that you're experiencing? And the last thing I want to add is you want to use proper body mechanics. We hear this all the time. And I laugh when I read some of the instructions on how to do proper body mechanics. When you're doing what it says, you can be left looking like a duck squatting or something. And this is what the definition says. Number one, when lifting, keep your back in a neutral position. You know, number one is that who knows what a neutral position, who understands that? The next one is knees bent, weight balanced on both feet. You know, you're thinking, my weight is already on both feet. I I don't understand. And tighten your muscles, your stomach and your back muscles to maintain a correct support posture and use your arms to support the person. Okay, that's what it says in black and white. But number one, it's difficult to understand. And number two, it works well if you're lifting a box. But if you're lifting a person, it's just sort of hard to apply that. You're lifting a box. You got a good handle on it and you can squat and, you know, you, they say lift with your knees and you're trying to do all of that. You don't want to put the strain on your back. But when you're doing, when you're lifting a person, it is totally different. They're often pulling against you. They're afraid. And you're saying, even if you're counting one, two, three, we're going to move. Look, with my mom, when I got to three, she was moving the other way. I'm like, Ma, don't do that. You're going to hurt me and you. When I say three, you come with me. Why are you pulling back? It's because she was afraid. And when you got all of those things in play, it's difficult to know proper body mechanics. But it doesn't mean you don't need to use pop- proper body mechanics. So please do. Please learn. Seek some help and learn how to apply these principles while you are doing the lifting and the pulling and the twisting. Okay, so look, I have gone through how to provide care while you're hurting, about being aware of your own body, getting brace and support. You want to avoid these repetitive movements that is causing re-injury, and then you want to use proper body mechanics. Okay, but look, this is only part of the, and this is what I'm most comfortable with is the physical aspect of hurting. But I'm going to quickly just go through another aspect of the topic. And it is how to continue providing care when you're hurting emotionally. And I i am not the expert in this. And I don't even say I'm an expert in the physical part of it, but I've done the physical part of it. And I know a lot about the physical part. And I know enough about the physical part of hurting that I can get you started in the right direction, tell you how to move forward into your physical healing and doing things properly. But when it comes to that emotional healing, I can't ignore this side of it, but I don't have a lot of the answers for this side, this side of the equation. Is how do you keep providing care for someone when you're emotionally hurting? When you're having to provide care for someone who's hurt you emotionally, how do you do it? You know, it it almost seems like an impossible task to ask anybody to do. But not so. I firmly believe, because I've had to move through hurts in my life, and all of us have, but there is a way that you move forward while you're still hurting. And it may not be that you're doing it directly supporting someone, but that you're more in the background, but you're still concerned, and you can still offer some support. But, you know, you can still use the same principles that I just discussed with physical strategies, the steps you would take physically, you can still apply them here. You know, and the first thing is just sort of where where are your emotional wounds and what are those areas in your life that are so tender and wounded and sore and that are a source of pain that's in your life, in your emotional life? First, got to come to grips with what are those areas? What is that thing that's causing me pain as I'm interacting with my loved one and I'm hurting in these areas? You've got to really look at them. Was it abandonment? Was it you were very discouraged by them in your life? You don't feel like you had the support from them that you needed, that you don't feel like you were loved by them that you had love from them the list can go on and on with that and those are real hurts that often go much deeper than those physical hurts but the same principle applies is you've got to get support the support can come within from within like you know even your muscles they can be strengthened physically and start to do what they were meant to do And and help bring things back in alignment. But you often get there with external support. Someone has to help you move in the direction toward getting some healing in the way of letting things go. Finding a way to forgive and finding a way to move past the offenses that are already there. And look, like I'm going to tell you a million times, I don't have those answers but I know there are answers to these questions. And I know where my answers to those questions have been when I've been in that, in those areas that I have had to find the support, the support spiritually and finding support from others who've been there. Don't discount that spiritual part of it. It is vital in learning how to let go. And we won't often forget, but We can let go of the feelings that are associated with the memory of what took place. Finding the support that can brace you as you choose to continue to give care is vital. And the next one is avoiding the repetitive movements. And the repetitive movements here is don't keep revisiting the wounded areas with your loved one. You know, it's sometimes that we've got to be taught how to now interact with them, not out of anger, not out of retaliation, or just a lashing out. And you don't even know where it comes from sometimes. Just in the act of caregiving, they are asking for legitimate assistance with something. But then you can remember somewhere in your life where you didn't get the support. So I'm not supporting back. You know, if if that's where you want to remain, you can remain there, but you're not going to be happy. And if you're going to do it, just find a way to be happy while you're doing it. Find a way to get through that while you're doing it. It may be that this is not the time to do it. You have to remove yourself a little bit from this situation. And if you're willing to come back in, yeah. I mean, I'm not judging anybody or pointing any fingers, but it's just something to think about is do not continuously doing a repetitive thing. And it's resulting in more pain. Sometimes we just need to change our approach. Get rid of the accusatory that thing where they're perceived as they're always the wrong person and you're always the right person and that you have nothing nice to say and you're always complaining. And look, and they may be the same way. And and you know, my thing with my mom, I tried, I tried, and we had some good times. It wasn't all bad. And I enjoyed it, and I would do it again, but I had to get to the place where it was okay that I'm not the person that she wanted it to come from. It was hard at times, but I had to go beyond the the constant pain of her having that disappointed look that I was the one showing up in the room every day. I was the one having to do this. I was the one. Because you know what? I can understand why. You know, we all had our gifts. And mine was not the gift of sitting there patting your hand all day and rubbing and stroking your forehead and rubbing your head. I'll do it for a little bit if I thought you were in pain. But look, I've got laundry to do. My kids have homework to do. My husband needs me to help do things. And I couldn't be that all that my mom needed me to be. But I had others who could. I mean, when they came in town, they were exactly what she needed. And it was a welcome break for me. And it was something she needed. And it worked together. But I could not change the fact that she did not want me to be the caregiver. But all I had to do was just continue to love her and do the best that I could for her and just move on. It's just certain things I could not change. And I never changed. And she was appreciative of what I did for her. But I, you know what? She never got over it. She had to look in my face every day. <laughs> and, I, you know, and it is what it is. And we got through it. And the last thing that I just want to encourage those who've been in the place of finding that place of healing, where you were once a caregiver that was full of anger and regret and resentfulness, because you had to care for someone, despite the pain that was in your heart toward that person, and you found healing In and was able to move on and move through the different phases of it. You know, I want you to call in and just share your experience with us and share some books and share some things that are that can be helpful to someone who's walking through that right now. Because my desire is that you not only improve how you physically. Move through the hurt and avoid the re injury and find some healing, but that you also find some healing emotionally. Okay, well, that concludes this segment. And really, I'm only really just going to play one call. We had one call that I want to share today from a follow up from someone who called in with a struggle. And I will play her initial call and her call back into to the call-in line. So I hope this wasn't a heavy conversation today. I, I think it was just a needed conversation and the, the emotional side of it. I didn't really want to go there. I really just wanted to cut it off at the physical side and not even tackle that. But I could not stop there because I know so, so many people need to be encouraged as they are trying to provide the care to their loved ones and just trying to hang in there. Okay? So... stay tuned for the call in line and yeah and I want to encourage you to just if you know of someone that is struggling in this area and you just think this could be a way that you can shed a little light to get them to thinking get them to moving you know you know into the direction of researching how to move forward please share this uh podcast with someone else and just remember this community finding a foothold cares about how you give care thank you
0: Hi, I'm calling from Louisiana. I'm a caregiver, and I just would like to find out or get some ideas on how you deal with feeling guilty, the guilt feelings associated with caregiving and and not being able to do things the way I used to do things. I'm experiencing a few health issues myself, and I just don't have the energy... uh, And sometimes I feel like the desire to to do the things that I normally would do in reaching out to uh, the person that I was caring for, um, I'm getting a break from it at this point because they're um, in a facility, uh, a much needed break. And I just, I don't even feel like I want to get it started back or not necessarily want to start back. I don't have the, energy or even the capacity in terms of my own health to do the things that I was doing. I also need some help with uh, getting that person motivated to, to start doing things uh, on their own, just the push and the extra drive that's needed to get up and get going or to get the resources, reach out for the resources that's needed. There seems to be absolutely no desire or want to just kind of sit around and wait on me to do it all. I can't do it anymore. Uh, And I'm experiencing guilt associated with not being able to and not even wanting to. Uh, Help me with that, please. I'm not even sure I'm expressing it the way I need to. Uh, But if you can give me some kind of advice on that, I would appreciate it. Thanks, Spike.
1: Hello, Miss Louisiana. Thanks for calling in. I really feel your heartache and the struggle that you're having. A heart goes out to you. And this is a very, very difficult question that I can tell you right off the bat that I don't have all the answers. And I can only give you what's on my heart right now. I have determined in my life that guilt will not hang around for long in my heart. I do think there's a place for guilt for a momentary check in our hearts. If we've done something we shouldn't have done or there's something that we should have done and we didn't do it, there's that that momentary guilt, which tells me I need to be a better person. I need to do the right thing. I need to go and make something right in my life. But guilt can move into your heart and really take over because it will require more and more and more and more of you giving away yourself into a situation that is not improving, that's only getting worse. Your display of love and affection and caring is not based on how much you do for a person, period. Your display of love is in you making sure that they can receive the best care possible. But that does not mean that care will come from you, period. So let's just say that person being in a facility right now, could actually be the wake-up call that you needed all along because apparently you were doing too much. I want you to start by thinking where is the guilt coming from? Is it coming from within you or is it coming from the person you're caring for? If it's coming from within you, I challenge you to ask what in your makeup in your being has allowed you to think that you can do everything for someone that's a big tall order a big hat to wear what within you says you have to be the one that can do all of these things at the expense of your health and your family and your job and all those other things that are important to you is that person making you feel obligated And they are taking less of the responsibility for their health, for they're not motivated. They have behaviors that they're not really, they're not willing to let go because they have a way of drawing you in and you fulfilling those roles in their life. Both require intervention. You need to find a place, a person, somewhere to go to validate who you are, regardless of what you're doing for somebody else. And you've got to separate your limitations from guilt. And this is where you can probably talk to the discharge planner, the social worker at the facility, and let them be the go-between, the one that puts it in writing, the one that has the checklist, and that's presenting the checklist and the resources. But you've already said that they're choosing, they're waiting on you to do the things. Well, it's really not your responsibility, but it's a role and a contract you two have made together because it's the way you've both functioned in the past. But you need to break that contract and say, I'm no longer the keeper of this contract. I will help you in any way, and I will love you in any way, and I can do what I need to do within the limits of my abilities, but I cannot be the all. I cannot be the everything in this situation any longer. In order to continue to experience this freedom that you have right now, just think, how are you, the things that you're getting to do, there's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy your life. This is the only life you have. And believe it or not, they're apparently enjoying this control that they have over you. And it's just not the way you want to continue.
0: Yes, this is Miss Louisiana calling back. I just finished listening to episode 4. I just want to tell you that these podcasts are just such a blessing. It's like a renewal for me. I called in about caring for a loved one and the guilt associated with not wanting to do all the things that I was doing and not feeling like I even could do all the things that I was doing. And what resonated with me more than anything else was how you mentioned that I had a distorted vision of love, or it could have been a distorted vision of love. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I've always felt like doing, doing, doing was showing love. And I'm like, okay, this person has got to feel loved and not just feel it from me doing what I do. And that I can't be the person that does everything. I I assume the role of, of doing it all and I just can't do that. I can love that person without having to just roll over, so to speak, and die for that person. And I do love that person dearly, but I can't do all the things that I've been doing, can't keep up with it. I am so encouraged by your words from today and about the call, the caller that responded that could relate to what I was going through or what I'm going through. And I'm starting to feel a freedom, just, just a freedom in knowing that I am who I am and I can do what I can do and I can't do what I can't do. And my the person that I helped to take well I that I take care or was taking care of has a responsibility in all of this and it's not my responsibility to do everything that, that, that the person is responsible for and, and not to feel bad.
1: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Finding a Foothold podcast. I hope you found information helpful for your situation and you're beginning to envision yourself as a successful caregiver. Remember, you cannot do this alone. So, if you have a question to ask or a word of encouragement for other caregivers, I encourage you to call in by Visiting the findingafoothold.com website and using the call-in button. You can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We also ask that you share our podcast with others who are navigating this challenging caregiving journey. Join us again next time. Finding a Foothold cares about how you give care.